Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company in our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Welcome to Calm Mystery. This installment, The Man Who Was Lost, by Jacques Futrell, read by Perry F. Bruns. Part 2. When John Doan of Nowhere, to all practical purposes, left the home of the thinking machine, he bore instructions of diverse kinds. First, he was to get a large map of the United States and study it closely, reading over and pronouncing aloud the name of every city, town, and village he found. After an hour of this, he was to take a city directory and read over the names, pronouncing them aloud as he did so. Then he was to make out a list of the various professions and higher commercial pursuits and pronounce these. All these things were calculated, obviously, to arouse the sleeping brain. After Doan had gone, 
The thinking machine called up Hutchinson Hatch, reporter, on the phone. Come up immediately, he requested. There's something that will interest you. A mystery? Hatch inquired eagerly. One of the most engaging problems that has ever come to my attention, replied the scientist. It was only a question of a few minutes before Hatch was ushered in. He was a living interrogation point and repressed a rush of questions with a distinct effort. The thinking machine finally told what he knew. Now it seems to be, said the thinking machine, and he emphasized the seams, the man simply doesn't know himself. I examined him closely. I went over his head for a sign of a possible depression or abnormality. It didn't appear. I examined his muscles. He has biceps of great power, is evidently now or has been athletic. His hands are white, well cared for, and have no marks on them. They are not the hands of a man who has ever done physical work. The money in his pocket tends to confirm the fact that he is not of that sphere. Then what is he? Lawyer? Banker? Financier? What? He might be either, yet he impressed me as being rather of the business than the professional school. He has a good square-cut jaw, the jaw of a fighting man, and his poise gives one the impression that whatever he has been doing, he has been foremost in it. Being foremost in it, he would naturally drift to a city, a big city. He is typically a city man. Now please, to aid me, communicate with your correspondents in the large cities and find if such a name as John Doan appears in any directory. Is he at home now? Has he a family? All about him. Do you believe that John Doan is his name? asked the reporter. No reason why it shouldn't be said the thinking machine. Yet it might not be. How about inquiries in this city? He can't well be a local man, was the reply. He has been wandering about the streets for four weeks, and if he had lived here, he would have met someone who knew him. But the money? I'll probably be able to locate him through that, said the thinking machine. The matter is not at all clear to me now, but it occurs to me that he is a man of consequence, and that it was possibly necessary for someone to get rid of him for a time. Well, if it's plain aphasia, as you say, the reporter put in, it seems rather difficult to imagine that the attack came at a moment when it was necessary to get rid of him. I say it seems like aphasia, said the scientist crustily. There are known drugs which will produce the identical effect if properly administered. Oh, said Hatch. He was beginning to see. There is one drug particularly made in India and not unlike hashish. In a case of this kind, anything is possible. Tomorrow I shall ask you to take Mr. Doan down through the financial district as an experiment. When you go there I want you particularly to get him to the sound of the ticker. It will be an interesting experiment. The reporter went away, and the thinking machine sent a telegram to the Blank National Bank of Butte, Montana. To whom did you issue $100 bills, Series B, numbering 846380 to 846395 inclusive? Please answer. It was 10 o'clock next day when Hatch called on the thinking machine. There he was introduced to John Doan the man who was lost. 
The thinking machine was asking questions of Mr. Doan when Hatch was ushered in. Did the map recall nothing? Nothing. Montana, 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 the scientist repeated monotonously. Think of it. Butte, Montana. Doan shook his head hopelessly, sadly. Cowboy, cowboy, did you ever see a cowboy? Again the head shake. Coyote, something like a wolf, coyote. Don't you recall ever having seen one? I'm afraid it's hopeless, remarked the other. There was a note of more than ordinary irritation in the thinking machine's voice when he turned to Hatch. Mr. Hatch, will you walk through the financial district with Mr. Doan? he asked. Please go to the places I suggested. So it came to pass that the reporter and Doan went out together, walking through the crowded, hurrying, bustling financial district. The first place visited was a private room where market quotations were displayed on a blackboard. Mr. Doan was interested, but the scene seemed to suggest nothing. He looked upon it all as any stranger might have done. After a time, they passed out. Suddenly, a man came running toward them, evidently a broker. "'What's the matter?' asked another. "'Montana Copper's gone to smash,' was the reply. "'Copper!' "'Copper!' gasped Doan suddenly. Hatch looked around quickly at his companion. Doan's face was a study. On it was half-realization and a deep, perplexed wrinkle, a glimmer even of excitement. "'Copper!' he repeated. "'Does the word mean anything to you?' asked Hatch quickly. "'Copper! Metal, you know!' "'Copper! Copper! Copper!' the other repeated. Then, as Hatch looked, the queer expression faded. There came again utter hopelessness. There are many men with powerful names who operate in the street, some of them in copper. Hatch led Doan straight to the office of one of these men and there introduced him to a partner in the business. We want to talk about copper a little, Hatch explained, still eyeing his companion. Do you want to buy or sell? asked the broker. Sell, said Doan suddenly. Sell, sell, sell copper. That's it, copper. He turned to Hatch, stared at him dully a moment. A deathly pallor came over his face, then, with upraised hands, fell senseless. Thank you for listening to Calm Mystery, a Murder Mystery Company production. To solve your own case with us, visit MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, and use code CALM. C-A-L-M for $20 off your own murder mystery party. We have dozens of entertaining detectives. You can even ask for me, Perry, by name. If no one else can help, and if they can find me, maybe I can help you become Detective of the Night. That's MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, code CALM.